are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. What do you see when you watch women in ministry? Their giftedness, their ability to speak well while delivering sound teaching. Do you admire their organizational skills or their leadership skills? Do you wish you had the courage that they have? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Behind the Ministry, a four-part series to discover the many facets that we are not always privy to when we think and see women in ministry. My name is Kim Crable, and I'll be hosting this very special series. As you know, this is our third one in our four part. I think that you're going to find this series not only informational, but I think also inspirational. I am a radio host here on Up To Me Radio. I do Coffee With Kim, and I can't believe, but I'm celebrating my fifth year of interviewing people with incredible stories to encourage you and equip you with God's word. I am also the founder and director of a global ministry, Roses and Rainbows, which encompasses doing TV shows, um, national speaking engagements. And of course, I try to write the curriculum for our events. Up To Me Radio, which is sponsoring all of this tonight, is in its 10th year of bringing you the best and inspirational talk podcast and shows. Our founder, Melinda Davis, wanted to celebrate this anniversary through amplifying the voices of her show host and special guests with series such as this. So as our motto goes here, it is up to me to be the best that I can be. So let me ask you, when you see women in ministry, what, what do you see? Because really, when you think about it, we're only seeing a very narrow view into all that they are and all that they battle and all that they deal with on a daily basis. If you're like me, you might wonder about their time management and how they do everything. And so tonight, I want to go into a deeper uh, process of women in ministry. Tonight's episode is called Holy Hills in High Places. I'm going to explain that in a little bit, but don't you just love that title? I love that title. And in discussing this, I've invited two ladies who have great experience as females navigating a very male-oriented industry. So you might say that this series, and especially tonight, is like kind of behind the scenes of women as we admire them to go in and what they think and what keeps them going. This is going to help us see how these ladies, the ones that we have tonight, have been chipping away into new territories, which may be that you are facing tonight. You know, in the, in the, in the book in the New Testament of Titus, we are told to be teachers of what is good. And that is our desire, is to be teachers of those of you who are facing new territories. You, you want to teach. We want to be able to share with you the things that we have learned along the way. The Bible tells us in Luke 640, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will become like their teacher. And what Jesus was doing there is he was sharing with us that if we want to really navigate new territories in a godly fashion, then we need to find people who have done it in a godly fashion. 
And so tonight or today, whenever you're watching this, I want you to know that I am putting forth to you two women, two women that I have found to not only be great leaders, but in their field, but lovers of God, lovers of God, godly women, and with their whole heart, soul, and mind, they live and lead from their love of Jesus. And so with that in mind, and with the thoughts of holy hills and high places, I am honored to once again welcome you to the Women Behind the Ministry, Session 3, Holy Hills and High Places, and welcome our panel, the incredible Alexandra Bolin and Lisa Burkett Worley. Good. Hello, friends, and welcome to this show. It's, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us, Kim. Looking forward to this panel. Same here. So excited. I know. And you know, it's really true. The holy hills and high places. And I want you all to introduce yourselves a little bit. But I want to say the reason I did title this, I think that God gave me this holy hills and high places is because, you know, the holy God wants us to walk in places in holiness, right? But he wants to take us to higher places. And many times you're walking into new territories, such as you two have, and I have watched you admire you. And you know, even with what I do, I go into new territories, it's almost like the prayer of Jabez that we pray about. But you two have uniquely uh, encountered some new territories, and I have a feeling that many of our listeners tonight are going to be facing new territories, and I want them to glean from the wisdom that you found. So let's begin um, with you introducing yourselves and talking about the new territories that you're facing. So, uh, Alexander, would you like to begin? Sure, yes. Thank you so much. What a beautiful intro, and I'm so excited uh, I love the title of today because that is so what I have been doing for a long time. And um, I grew up as a minister's kid in Massachusetts, and I had a big dream of being a movie star. And I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 years old, just a little whippersnapper with a big dream of being a movie star. And I had a really rough go at it in Los Angeles. And in 2009, I moved out to Albuquerque, New Mexico. After 10 years of trying to pursue acting, it was not going very well. And I finally resurrendered my life to the Lord. And I was like, okay, God, if this isn't what you want for my life, then I don't want it anymore. And I moved out to Albuquerque. I kind of went there to refocus my life. And I met all these incredible independent filmmakers. And I thought, oh, what if I make a movie? And then I put myself in the movie. So I give myself my own opportunity. Yes. And I, <laughs> so I started yeah, I started producing my own movies, literally just to give myself a part in it. And then I made this small independent film that sold. And my sales agent actually said to me, you should be making faith-based family movies. And I can't even tell you guys, it was like, it was like the God hit the table and was like, I have called you into this. And I just, when I looked at the landscape back in 2012 of faith-based films, I didn't see myself being represented. And I was like, well, there, there's no women in the leading roles. And, and well, if I'm going to make a movie, I'm going to uh, create a female-driven story. And I had been working in Hollywood for a long time, and I had no idea how male-driven faith-based films were. <laughs> so I thought that Hollywood was extremely male-driven, which it is, but I found out there was even a bigger struggle when I went into being called into faith-based. And I, I see now 10 years later why God called me, because the more people said no, the more I pushed through and I go, oh, 
I'm going to prove you wrong. And there's an audience that needs these things. And I, and, and I will tell, I love to tell people that being in the will of the Lord is where you want to be after spending 10 years of my life, not in the will of God and pursuing my, my dreams. Once I surrendered to the Lord and he gave me my life back tenfold and once I started making these movies, he's blessed me beyond nothing is me. It is all him. Everything I've done has been impossible, but God can do the impossible. So, yeah. um, so I've made now six female driven faith-based films and, and I'm just getting started. Yes, you are. And I love that. And I can't wait for you to share with our friends who are listening, some of the things that you encountered and how you worked your way through it, because I've seen those movies and they are amazing. And, and I've interviewed you a couple of times. And so uh, I, I know that many who are listening are going to be facing the same type of situations that you two have, maybe in different circumstances, but they're going to be able to use your determination, your perseverance and your wisdom to get through. So uh, this is going to be an incredible uh, talk. So Lisa, uh, again, another friend of mine, we've been hanging out for a while, teach together, do lots of things together. I've interviewed you, you've interviewed me. Let, let's introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. Lisa Burkhart Worley, and I lead a ministry called Pearls of Promise Ministries. I'm a co-host and executive producer of a television show called Pop Talk. But going back, <laughs> Alexandra and I are cut out of the same DNA, I think, because uh, if you go back, I was, a, as you know, Kim, I was a fatherless girl. My father died two months before I was born, and my mom never recovered from that death, and so she struggled with mental illness the rest of her life. So for me to be doing anything, anything whatsoever in media or any kind of profession. It's just a miracle that God brought me out of that situation. And I remember one of the things that I used to love was to watch sports when I was a little girl. I mean, no one, there was no male influence really in my life, but I would watch, uh, back then it was the Dallas Cowboys and then I'd watch golf. I love Jack Nicholas. This is going to age me. Uh, but I also love the New York Knicks. That was my favorite NBA team. And little did I know that I would one day be on the New York Knicks broadcast, but God knew, right? God knew. Yes. And so, uh, anyway, I grew up, uh, and decided to be a sportscaster was when it wasn't cool for women to be sportscasters like you, Alex Alexandra, people were telling me that I shouldn't do it. They were coming up with other job opportunities for me because I thought I was going to fail because the only women doing sports casting at the time were Miss Americas and I was not a Miss America but uh, but I was a woman who or a young woman who loved sports and played sports and I thought it was time for a girl to uh, to be a sportscaster who knew what she was talking about and who had experience in it. So I went after it. And sure enough, I spent 19 years as a sportscaster on national television and local television. And and God just blessed that. And in the middle of that career, and, and Alexandra, you referred to this as well in your life, uh, I lost both of my jobs. I had a national position on HBO Sports, and I was in New York City, the top market in the country, and I didn't get renewed on either of those contracts, but God was using that for good because he had to turn my life around for him, and it was then that I rededicated my life to Christ, not only my life, but my career, and I still had another, uh, you know, six years or so in the business, but he was also calling me to ministry, and little did I know I would that I would ever go back to television when I left. I said, you know, I don't need to do TV anymore. I've had enough of that but you know 20 years later God brought me back to television to do television for him 
he he called me in so I could glorify him through the media. I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. And so it has been the most fun to do faith-based programming on our television show, Pop Talk. I love featuring other ministries. I love interviewing you, Kim. And hopefully I'll get to interview Alexandra as well. I mean, I love uh, promoting other people who are doing God's work so that we can make a difference in um, the kingdom. And I really think the sports casting was fun, but I think God knew. I think it was all about what I'm doing now. I had to learn the business. Well, don't you both agree that when you find what you're supposed to be doing and you're in your lane, you do want to promote others because all of a sudden it's not about competing or comparing. It is about completing. And so it is it is such a great honor to be able to share Alexandra's movies and the things your your ministry, Lisa. And that's you know, that's what the world needs to see us doing. But in the process of that, though, we are in our own lane and we are fulfilling our, our calling. And to our listeners, I want them to understand that it's not that that just being right in the middle of God's will is not always warm and fuzzy. It's hard. It's a battle, right? So yes. do you all ever do you all ever say, but God, I am trying. Can you make it just a little easy for me? Do yes. I, I find myself saying that every, every single day. Yes. <laughs> So, so let me ask you, Alexandra, what, what are some of the things that, um, that you know that the, these younger, the younger generation or even just someone who's stepping into this, what are some things that you know they're going to face that you've faced that you figured out a way to overcome? Because one of the things we do know is that as we are challenging ourselves to go into new territory, God still tells us, according to Ephesians 4.1, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So how do you push ahead while doing it in a way that is godly? Um, yes. Well, one of the practical things I did once was I had a really big meeting at a studio and I walked in and it was six men and me. <laughs> and I had just sold them a female driven story. Their audience was female driven. And I got in the conference room and I sat down at the head of the table and I did that on purpose because I knew that I, that maybe if I didn't sit there, they wouldn't listen to me. And I would have gotten lost in this big group of men. And I wanted them to know that I knew my audience. I am my audience. And I wanted to make sure that I had a voice at the table. So I still look back going, wow, I was brave because I don't think a lot of people go into a humongous studio and decide that they're going to like beat out the executives and take the head of the table. But it, it was, but I, I, I have so much confidence because I work for the creator of the universe and I am not afraid to speak up. And I have many times, I'm sure frustrated people in meetings, but I was like, I will not back down and I will not. And so that I still look back at that going, I'm so thankful that I had the confidence of God to sit at that head of the table because I was able to run the meeting and make sure that we could talk about what needed to be happening at the studio and the films that need to be made in the audience. Um, and, and I, I mean, I've had so many things. I, I took Switched Out, Switched is my teen girl movie. I pitched that all over Hollywood and I got offered some really big deals for that movie. But the requirement was to remove God and to make it raunchy and have the girls do inappropriate things. And it was hard because it's like what you said when you're like, God, can you make this a little easier? On yes, me? yes. I was like, I... I have to say, no, I'm saying, no, this isn't for me, but it's hard when you, someone offers you a humongous deal 
and you've been hustling for a long time, but stay strong. And I, I was praying about it. It's funny because when this happened, I got this major offer bigger than I have ever gotten for a film. And I was praying about it. And I was like, I have to tell all my partners that were saying no to this offer. And the message of switched is love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And I was, I, I went to church that Sunday and I sat down and the entire message was that message. And the pastor even said the exact words I needed to hear. The world will keep trying to take God out and you must keep him in. And I just have goosebumps. And I was like, I'm walking away from this deal. God, you're going to provide the right, the right person to make this movie with me. Wow. So many principles there. And I hope that you as a listener are writing that down to not compromise, to find your courage. You know, when you know who you are in Christ, that's the courage, right? It's, it's not, it's not as much self-confidence as it is God confidence. You walk in there and you know, and I believe that that's probably the reason those men took you so seriously, because you did take that place. And you did it, you did it under the authority of God. So good for you. So listeners write down these strategies because you're going to use these and this is going to come back to you. But out of everything you said there, I love the fact because I too, I've been, people have offered to do my story. I had a group come over from uh, France to do my story. I had different, but everybody, I had a major network that wanted to do, uh, but they all wanted to do just the victimized part of it. They didn't want to do what God had done. And it's like, no, we cannot compromise what God is doing and take, rip his glory away. So good for you. So listeners, there you go. Never be willing to compromise. It could be a test just to see if you will stay strong and steadfast in the Lord. So Lisa, what would you like to add to that, friend? I want to add a verse. Uh, first of all, of all, do you work heartily for the Lord, not for men, for it is the Lord God whom you serve. And so we all have to remember that when we are in a work situation, whether it's male dominated or you've got other women there who maybe they don't even like you, you just, you have to do your work for God. You know, I always tell people I mentor that it's like, okay, you're in a workplace. There's always going to be somebody that gets under your skin. And so if you think of God as your CEO and he's the one you're doing this for, then it's going to be a whole different environment. And you're also an ambassador in the workplace. Uh, that's one of the things I learned when I rededicated my life to Christ. I said, you know, I'm doing this for God. And so I want to mentor as many women as I can. After television, I was a public relations manager at an airport. And I used to pray for God to bring the women to me who I could mentor and to know Jesus today because they... I had an opportunity to share with them. One of them is still my spiritual daughter and I still uh, keep up with her and her children are my godchildren. So you just never know who you can impact in the workplace if you do it, um, if you do it just for the Lord. That's yeah. my husband walking behind me. Um, <laughs> and so, um, but the other thing I want to talk a little bit about, if I could, Kim, is, is competition and jealousy. You were talking about that. We really, I, it is, has always been my heart to help other women. I, I don't find myself jealous of other women. I, I find myself staying in my lane as much as I can. And, 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 but there are a lot of women who don't do that. And I remember in the first year or two of my own ministry, when God called me into ministry, I had a couple that you know, wanted to have more exposure and, and they ended up quitting. 
uh, abruptly, and it was a very difficult season. I thought I'd done, I had done a poor job as uh, as the leader of a ministry. I started to question myself. I had a little, I would call situational depression. I uh, was thinking about quitting. When I, in reality, God had called me to this. I had gone to seminary for five years. I didn't do that for nothing. We knew that I was called to seminary. Why would God call me to seminary, get a seminary degree, and then take me out of it? It didn't make any sense. But what happened is I ended up just doing a lot of Bible study, and I came across a verse in Romans that just lit up on the page. It was Romans eleven twenty nine that said, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So for the ladies who are listening, if God has called you and he has gifted you to do what you're doing with Alexandra, it's the movies for the young girls, for me, uh, I've got media running through my veins, you know, so he brought me back to television. And, and so whatever it is he's called you to do, he doesn't take that away. He doesn't say, okay, well, that's enough. And, and then, then that's it. No, you're, you're created for a purpose. And, and God will show you that purpose if you ask him. And whether you're going to have roadblocks along the way, you're going to have people who get jealous of you because of your strength. That's what, you know, I find that a lot. It's like I'm strong and I know what God has called me to do. And so sometimes people, if they're not, they, they get a little intimidated. And so you just have to stay, stand your ground and, and just go where God directs. Yeah. Can I jump on something that Lisa said? Please. That I love that you said about mentorship and women. And it is so important that when we do get into a power position, that we go to bat for our fellow women, because that is the only way that we can change that table. And, And I always say to people, I go, you know what, if they won't let you have a seat at the table, go build your own table and then bring your friends to that table. And when I started making these films and I'm a really big member of women in film and all of these women organizations and I go to events and people would complain and I said, let's stop complaining. Let's go out and use one another who are sitting in this room and make something. And not only was I um, casting uh, normally seven women in the film and a couple men, I was also crewing up women. So I was going and I would actually make sure that if I had the chance and the power and the opportunity that I was hiring women to train them up so that they could go work in studios. Because if we don't do it for our fellow woman, it's not that the men don't like us. They just don't think about us because we don't look like them. And you have to get the people and that's what my ministry has been as well is to to um to, to cast women and to crew up women and give them those opportunities and i have many a times that where i've listened to head of women who have gotten to the head of a studio and admitted that they never put a, a female director on the list and i was like if you don't do it who will do it so um and then i once had a makeup artist who came to set and she was like i've never had six girls on the call sheet in my life Wow. I've usually had one girl on the call sheet. Now I've got to do six girls. I'm like, oh, our movies are all girls. <laughs> so we have to be the change that we want to see and be fearless for each other. We have to fight for women and, and mentor women. And we can't look at them as our competition. They're to don't compete, collaborate. Yes. And I love the fact, you know, so many of the women that you bring onto the sets, um, 
Alexander, are younger women. So you're empowering and enabling them to have the courage to keep on well beyond, you know, your, when you retire, you, you'll be able to look back and go, she's doing what I taught her to do. And we're never more like Jesus, I, I don't think, than we are when we are making disciples. And, you know, if when, when I left Baltimore, I was up there many years, went there not knowing anybody, left hundreds of people in Bible study. Well, the thing about it is, is when I left, nothing collapsed. That's a sign that God was in charge of what was going on. Because if I had made myself the star, if I'd made myself the anchor, then it would have fallen apart. And the same with what you all are doing and, and the ones who are listening. If we're truly discipling, then we should be able to walk away. And we have poured ourselves into the next generation in such a way that they can keep on as strong or stronger. And I think that's just a good, I mean, that's what Jesus did. Jesus saw the women. He empowered the women. He revealed himself to the women. And so that is a, a great thing for us to do. Let me ask you, um, oh, Lisa, what were you going to say? I, I was just going to jump in with one other thing. Yeah. One of the things I, I like to have a team. And so I have uh, four people on my team. And so I see myself as a mentor to our team members. You know, I, yes. I want, it could just be about me, but I, I don't want it to be about me. I've always been a team person. I played team sports. And so, and so I want to give others opportunities. So on our TV show, I've got co-hosts on our radio show. Normally I have another person doing it with me. I, I give, we have a once a month uh, thing called pop chat where we have teaching. And, and so I give each person a, t a turn, you know, to teach and give them experience and teaching and so I don't want it to be about me I think I, I can't I'm in the of the mindset that people get tired of hearing me and so I just want to give you know, you know other people opportunities so I think we can be mentors just even in our own team or in our workplace wherever it is but you can go in with that mindset what can I do to help this person to help them grow well let me if ask they you that they see it they can oops sorry no, go ahead, please. Please go ahead. And I love it, Lisa, because if they see it, they can be it. And yes. um, we we just shot at Grand Canyon University our last film, and we had a female director, two, uh, three female producers, female writers, and we we're shooting this movie, and all these women who are students who came to help girls in the college, they would come up to us and say, we didn't know that we could be a producer. We didn't know we could be a director, but we see you girls doing it. That means I can do it. And that's like what you were saying, Lisa, like it's so important that we are the example to show them, hey, we're doing it. You can yeah. do it too. Yes. And, and come work on our set and we'll train you up and we'll teach you so that you can do it. I remember one of our team members, when she did the TV show for the first time, she was so nervous she was she wanted to go home she didn't want to do it but yet uh, i said come on you can do it you can do it now she's like miss confidence <laughs> and now it's like she it's no big deal for her to do the show yeah that's so great let me ask you both this when you were contemplating stepping in and i i, I let's just say there there are young people right now or you know they're they're wanting to step in they know that god is calling them to do something that's out of the ordinary so maybe it's something their family's never tried before. Or maybe it's a, a new area, kind of like what you all were doing. How did you find the courage to say yes? How did you do that? Speak to that person who needs to have the courage to, to go for it. You know, just like the Nike, just do it. You know, what would you say to them? What do they need? Uh, what did you have that caused you to just say, I'm going for it? 
Well, follow your heart. I just felt there was a need. A lot of times in ministry or a, a, just a new uh, entrepreneurial kind of uh, job uh, starts with a burden and starts with a need. And so for me, I thought back when I was a sportscaster, I thought that there needed to be women with knowledge in the field. And and you also have to look at your giftedness. Uh, are you gifted to handle this? And I knew that I was a, a fairly decent public speaker. I, English was one of my stronger subjects. Um, and so I put a lot of, uh, of course, the knowledge of sports. I had been um, a basketball player in college. And so I, I put all those things together and I thought, well, this works. This really makes sense to me. And so I had a lot of people, as I said, trying to talk me out of it. But you've got to go forward with what uh, your dream is. And, and if you feel confident about it, you've got to at least try it. You don't want to go back and look look back and say, why didn't I ever do that? A friend of mine's dad was uh, worked for a television station and he was an engineer. And he used to always try to talk me out of it. He goes, it's a cutthroat business. You're not going to like it. Well, yes, it was a little bit of a cutthroat business. But I, I, would have not, I wouldn't have done it any differently. It was a great experience. There was more good than there was bad. I think no matter what you do, there's always going to be there's going to always going to be a little hiccup or someone or, you know, there's always going to be something that might try to throw you off balance. But you've got to go in. it. That's why we I think God allows it, because we have to hold on to him for stability and strength. He doesn't want us to go this alone. Right. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Well, when I got the opportunity to make a faith base, it was actually I had to have football in the movie. And I was like, mm, football doesn't wicked interest me. Um, but I want to make a female lead. And when I told my executive producer that he said, no, you can't make, um, a female driven faith-based film because there's no numbers in the marketplace to back it up. And I was like, I think that's because nobody's doing it. I think there's a massive audience that if we did it, we would find out that somebody has to be the one to step out and say, I'm going to give it a try. And, um, as I've shared with Kim, I felt so much that I knew God wanted this to happen. And I knew that I was going to have to sacrifice big time to be able to pave a way for something brand new. So I did, I gave up my entire apartment. I put everything I owned in storage and I lived on it out of a suitcase for one full year to make my first movie because, and I said, you know, God, I'm going to step out in faith because I think this is what you want. I, I, I hear you and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be faithful. And if it doesn't work out well, then I'll just figure it out. And you guys, Catching Faith went on to become the top five consistent selling movie for the distribution company. It has paved the way for our career and other women's careers. I've been to Cuba on a movie tour and I remember standing up in Cuba to all these women and going, I gave up my apartment. And to think I cared about those four walls for five minutes that God was going to do this. So I feel like when God calls you, you've got to go and then you've got to run and you have to trust that if he has a plan, he will pit, knock down every wall and barrier for you. And, but you have to be the one to do it. And I'm so grateful I gave up my home because who you now I wouldn't be where I am and God wouldn't be using me if I had kept, you know, and, that is, <laughs> and that's such a huge principle for those who are listening. The calling will come with a personal cost. You can count on it. Uh, yes. You know, what was it Daniel that says, I will, who was it Daniel? I can't remember. It said, I will not offer anything to the Lord unless I, it costs me something. And so it's going to come with a cost, but 
oh my gosh, the payday is so much more than you could ever, right? Yes, I was going to jump in here, Kim, because that reminded me of a story when I took my first television job. It wasn't in Texas where I'm from. It was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I knew no one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I packed up my little economy car and drove 1,100 miles or whatever it was to Chattanooga, Tennessee and took this job not knowing a soul. Yes, scary, because I was like, what, 22, 23, something like that, going to a new place. And what was really interesting, and I just think this was a God wink, because when I got there, there was a reporter there named Lori Ogilvie. Lori Ogilvie had lived in San Antonio, Texas, where I'm from, and she had the same best friend that I had in high school. Her, it was her best friend in junior school. And I had seen pictures of her, and there she was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at this TV station where God led me to. So here, that the point is, when you take make that sacrifice, God will be there, and He's going to provide for you in that new place, wherever it is He's leading you. He's going to be right there with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you this, ladies, because I know you all do this so well, um, and I think that this is the the bottom line is, you know, with all that you've done, how was being a believer? How did that change the way you went into what you did? How did that affect you differently than if you had not been a believer? Okay. I'll, I'll just real quickly jump in on that one. Uh, I was, I was a believer, but not a practicing believer when I first went into sportscasting. It was, I thought it was my idea. In reality, I think God was leading me when I look back. I think this, he opened the doors for me. Uh, because when I did lose my jobs, I was complaining to him and asking why he did that. And he said, Lisa, I gave you a national platform to glorify me and you didn't do it. I had to take it away from you to get your attention. And that was that led to the rededication of my life to him. So I wasn't. But then halfway through my career, I was. And so that influenced everything. I looked for opportunities to glorify him. You know, I put the Jesus soundbite in when nobody else would, when, you know, praising Jesus. You know, that gets cut out a lot in news and sports. And and I remember being in Lillehammer, Norway, covering the Winter Olympics. And there was a group that did a Jesus cheer. Well, not everybody would have put that in, but I did. I was doing a, you know, like a color piece about, you know, the festivities going on in the streets of Lillehammer. So I took opportunities to do that. Later, when God brought me back to the media and back to television, um, I'm a little Moses-like. I do kind of put up a lot of excuses and <laughs> I need several confirmations. And so I think it's okay to ask for confirmations to make sure it's not your idea. Uh, I didn't want to go back to the media. So that was one thing right there. But I just asked the Lord to um, confirm it. And we couldn't deny it. All, a lot of the things I've done in, in ministry, going to seminary, my husband and I could not deny the call. And then later, this, this call back to media, we couldn't deny the call. And so I, I think just pray on it, get into the word and ask for uh, holy confirmations, and he's he's always faithful to confirm yeah, that. Absolutely, and that's great. Thank you, Lisa and Alexandra. In those some of those tough times when you knew, you know, it's like you 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 saw the crash coming. You you saw you know you saw the the attitude coming. You know how how did being a believer affect the way you responded to people? 
to those uh, because let's face it, even among believers, there you know at work, there's there's these. Uh, contention, there's different things going on, but how you were working probably in a lot of situations at first with non-believers, how did that affect you and the way you responded? Um, well, people over profit, people are more important than the movie. So on our film sets, I wanted to lead with love and show them that we were different than Hollywood. Hollywood would treat you like a paycheck and they don't care about you. We care about people. I am first and foremost an example of Jesus. And if there's any problem on our set or someone's having an issue, they are more important than just us making our day. And that has been our example on set. And we've had a lot of non-believers work on our set who have come to know the Lord because we have loved them and treated them different. And that is so important because, you know, we are always going to be up against People, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, the world will be against us <laughs> and, but God is for us. And, um, and anyone, I welcome anyone to work on our sets, whether they're a believer or not, because I want them to come and experience the Lord. And I want them to hear the, the dialogue being said, because they're going to learn lessons. And so it's really exciting to, to be able to lead with example in a whole different way that. I don't feel like Los the Hollywood films would treat people quite that same way. And I, the other thing to your thing is I, I seek first the kingdom of heaven in everything you do. I, I, for 10 years of my life, I sought first the kingdom of Alexandra Boylan. I wanted to be an actress and I was all about what I wanted. And when I finally, like Lisa said, surrendered to God and said, no, God, what are my gifts and talents that I can use for you is when God started using me. It was like, well, I couldn't use you before because you were just all about yourself, you know? And, I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, God, I want to be a vessel. I want to be used for you. And just making sure that you're always seeking him first and praying and making sure that whatever project, whatever thing you're doing, that God is in there with you and he is, and he is for it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I piggyback on that? Because I think it's very important to seek him first. And I think you've got to start your day every day with the Lord. I, I have a regimen that I go through. I, I, I worship him. I, I read his word and then I pray and I just lift up just about everything that I can think of that I might face that day. Plus other people in my life, my team members and just uh, family members, whoever uh, I feel needs prayer at that time, because we have to shore ourselves up spiritually before we can give to others and so I think it's quite important especially in positions like what Alexandra does or what I do it's quite important to be uh, filled up uh, before we go out and uh, give back to others absolutely you can't give what you don't have and each morning you know I can't imagine facing my ministry without knowing that that I have sought God because I will tell you what there's still a lot of Kim and Kim and, you know, the Bible says, you know, Kim needs to die, right? So Christ can come alive and have more of me. So I have to scoot her out of the way quite often. But, you know, I find in myself, too, even even among believers, which I'm working with a lot, but even in traveling and things, I catch myself stopping, pausing, and praying. Do you all, I just, like, I get, I feel, I feel the enemy coming on. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis that the enemy is, is crouching at every door. So every door of opportunity, you know, he's there for every new movie, for every new broadcast, for every speaking engagement. You know, the enemy is always there. And not that I like to pay a lot of attention to him or, or talk about him a lot, 
But it's just like with a football team. They have to know who their opponent is before they run out on the field on Sundays, right? So we must know who our opponent is so that we can be wise, so that we know when to just be still. You know, in our house uh, with the boys, we, we would play when someone was about to get upset. We'd go, zip it, zip it, zip it now. <laughs> and I find myself doing that spiritually. Zip it, Kim, zip it now. And just praying. And I think, you know, for our audience, I think that you're going to rely on that a lot. Just stopping what you, what you feel like you want to do and, and just praying and asking God what he would have you to do. Uh, it's, it's a lot, it's almost like that toothpaste. They say, once it comes out the tube, it's hard to get it back in and the same with our words. So yeah, we can ask for wisdom too, Kim. I mean, yes. oh yes. Solomon prayed for wisdom. We get, I've prayed for wisdom. I said, Lord, I want to be wise like you yes. and help me discern. There's, there are always things that happen and you have to ask for God's discernment on how to handle them. That's what makes a great leader. You don't want to do things in your own discernment, you want to ask the Lord to show you how to react or how to, to take care of a, a scenario or a situation. So I think it's very important to, I mean, pray without ceasing is what the word says, isn't it? That's right. That's the, right. Just we have to pray without ceasing. And many times I find myself praying throughout the day uh, about different things. Absolutely. Yeah, we know that the enemy does not want what we are all doing. He wants oh. to crush us. And imagine the, for us, we make films, film sets are so hard. You're running like a little tribe of people and it's not little, it's a big one. And mm -hmm. on top of us trying to make our day and make the film work, we have a humongous enemy against us, trying to knock us down, take us out with the weather, with an accident. And so prayer is so important because I mean, our last, our most recent movie is a teen girl movie about teaching young people that their identity lies in Christ. Well, the, you know who doesn't want the world to know that? Is the enemy. And on our film set, we were being attacked left and right, but we had prayer warriors and we were praying and we were like, God is greater than this. And every time the enemy tried to crush our set, God came in and, and provided a way for us to finish it. And even in post-production, we're seeing all these little things coming up against us and we're like, you know, when you, when you decide to go out and, and work for the creator of the universe, you know that you have to be praying and on it because there is a big enemy that wants to crush you. Absolutely. And, and ladies, you know, we, we should go ahead and share with our friends who are listening, even this broadcast, you know, uh, friends who are listening, as we started this broadcast, everything shut down. You know, I kept freezing, yeah. they kept freezing, you know, and we just paused and we, we, we decided we were going to pray and we were going to persevere. And so even with this broadcast, which tells me how important it is to get the wisdom, you know, God wants us to mentor, to pour into one another. And so, um, you know, even with that, we could have just given up. So for our audience, whatever it is that God has called you to, your, your gifts and talents are irrevocable. But God has said that he has already placed inside you everything you need. He has gifted you with everything that you need. And I will tell you a secret that I've learned in ministry is that it is the hard times and the troubles that really cause me to find the hidden treasures that God has put inside me that I would not use if I didn't really need it. Have you all discovered that? You, you learn a patience like you never knew. You, you learn so much about yourself and God is revealing himself and how he's put you know, things in us that we would not know that we needed until we got into a really, really hard situation. So, well, listen, our can you believe our time is just about up? And um, so what I wanted to do was I wanted to um, ask both of you, 
if you, you know, just like, what is your, what is your one message? Someone is, is wanting to be a producer. Someone's wanting to go to ESPN and be an anchor. Someone, you know, someone is wanting to, you know, build a ministry from scratch. You know, what would you say to that one person right now that you want to just ring through their ears? Who'd like to start? I, I would just say, don't be afraid to follow your dream. Don't be, a, don't fear. If God has given you a dream, move forward with confidence, but holding his hand all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say uh, find your tribe, surround yourself with um, Christians, especially if you're going into Hollywood, which I do. Well, I get a lot of negative feedback and I have a community of women that we pray together and they lift me up when I'm getting torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, find your tribe and um, find a community, join organizations. I wish I had known about women in film and some of these incredible women organizations when I was a younger girl. So I'd like to still get involved in organizations and meet people and find, and if you don't have them, I started opening my home to Christian women entertainment because I couldn't find like more Christian women. So I was like, well, why don't I just put that out in the newsletters? And I started that in my home. So if you are able to find the community you need, you might be the one who needs to build the community and create it. So other people have it too. I love that. And that is such a word. Everything you all said has been such a word to our listeners. But listener, if you are seeing something, if you're needing something and you don't see it, that's probably God pointing that out to you. And that's the way it was with me, you all. I just was just so seeking a friend, a real friend. And it seemed like I couldn't, I wasn't making any connections. And I felt like God said, you invite people in, you make it happen. And the same way with you all. It's like, and from that, it's grown into a global ministry. Who would have thought? God did. God knew. And so for our listeners out there to to close this out, I want you to think about what God is saying to you. Think about what you're thinking about, right? And, And pray about it. Go to someone, talk to someone you trust about, trust with that, you know, get counsel. But the main thing is to go, go to God. If God, no one may not, you know, what is it I read the other day? You're calling, not everyone may understand your calling because it wasn't a conference call. Have y'all seen that? You know, (laughs) it it may just be yours, you know, but if it is yours, let me give you a secret. If it's a calling, you will not rest. It will keep calling you, right, ladies? It will keep calling. You'll think, think about it. You'll dream about it. And so if that is happening to you, go for it. You know, let's. Start small. Just do whatever God calls you to do and do it. Have it birthed from your quiet time and your prayer time. Lisa, what were you going to say? Well, I just just thought of uh, the Israelites and when uh, they stepped, uh, they had to take a step into the Jordan River, right? In order for God to dry up the water. So many times he wants us to take that first step. I remember when we first did the TV show, we shot it on my phone. This is before we were in a studio and uh, I got microphones and lights and all these things. It was terrible. But, you know, God wanted us to take that leap of faith and then he provided a studio. So sometimes we have to start small. That's right. And sometimes you have to give all that you have to make it happen like Alexandra did. And I think that is one of the most fabulous stories. And to think that you were to think about how those four walls have expanded across the globe now 
Alexandra, good for you. Good for you. I know. I can't I mean, believe what God is doing. I feel so humble. I'm like, I was like, why'd you pick me, God? But I'm just so glad I, yeah, I did that. I'm, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. I would give this house up right now if you said you have to, to keep serving my women and start and creating films that will change the world. So I'd do it all over again. And I know that you would, and both of you all. And listeners, I hope that you hear this. I hope that this is not only giving you information, but I, I truly hope that it has inspired you because you were birthed with a calling. And what God has put inside you really matters. And you don't want to look back and wish you had. You want to go for it. Get people to help. You know, pray the prayer of Jabez in First Chronicles 4.10. You know, ask God to enlarge your territory, but then be willing to go into it and go in it knowing that you're not alone, but also go in it knowing that we, we walk in it as the ambassadors of crisis, as both of these ladies have said, walking worthy of him, remembering that the most important thing is that we are to draw people unto him. You know, that is that no matter what, what our platform is, the number one thing is to lift God up, to glorify him so that others will know him and have their eternal uh, life set in him. So ladies, I cannot thank you enough. I love you. I admire you. I pray for you in any way that I can help. We, we're just all in this together. So yep. thank you so much for, for joining us so very much. And thank awesome. you, Kim. I love you. We loved oh. it. Love you. Big hug, big hug audience You're doing great work oh yes we're in we're in this for the reason to praise and honor god and to help other people and and friends it, that is your calling as well if we can ever help you in any way i hope that you will reach out to us let us help you help teach teach you what what we have learned in our in our walk holy hills in high places holy hills let's remember to be holy be holy for i am holy and let's let's strive to go to the high places that god has called us to be Glory be to him who by his power at work within us is going to do beyond anything we could ever imagine or even dare to ask or dream. Right, ladies? And that's yes. for Amen. each and every Amen. one of us. Absolutely. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us here for session three. I hope that you will come back for session four, where we were going to have a panelist talking about teachers of what is good. And until then, you have a great time and think about everything that's been said. And we'll see you later. Bye, ladies.